Well, welcome along. What we're going to be moving on to now is really understanding how to accept change. And I think that once we've got a supportive relationship um, working as a couple in business, the first uh, thing that I realised was that change was inevitable. And, uh, and it doesn't have to be as challenging as uh, what it might be for you right now. In fact, I'm imagining that this next month's um, little topics that we're going to be covering are probably going to be the most popular ones that you're going to come back to again and again and again, just to remind yourself that every single time that there's a new level of change that you're going to need to adapt to, that, um, that you're going to review these exercises just to really grasp the fact that it's not just you as a couple that are facing these issues. This is a, this is a common thing uh, that all couples have to go through. In fact, all individuals need to go through and all businesses need to go through. And so really when we consider change, there's a, there's a change formula that I learned as a business coach with Brad Sugars. And what he talks about is that in order for us to change, there first has to be some level of dissatisfaction. Okay, because you know, you imagine if you're on a diet, for example, and um, somebody waves a whole lot of cream buns under your nose, and there's no dissatisfaction there of your weight or, or you know, any challenges around your health, then it's going to be very challenging for you not to um, not to eat those, unless of course you don't like them. Um, but as soon as we get some dissatisfaction, so maybe it's those, um, those favourite pair of jeans that don't fit anymore or you know that shirt button isn't quite doing up as easily as what it once did. Um, until we have a certain level of dissatisfaction, really it's hard to engage any form of change. And I certainly see with business owners when they start to have a look at changing and we start to coach them and we, we test how irritating certain areas of their business are and they're not irritating at all, I know that it's going to take a lot more than just an exciting vision to get that momentum to change those habits that need to be changed. And so, you know, I, what I want to get across there with the dissatisfaction is we don't want to worry if you are dissatisfied with something. In fact, that's a good sign that that area is the next area that we're ready to clear out. And so, you know, the most important thing is to be aware of where the dissatisfaction is coming from as a priority within your business. And you know it's a priority because it's on your mind a lot. It's causing... Um, um, challenges within your production, it might be causing issues within the people within your business, it might be causing conflict within your marriage, it could be causing um, challenges with children or family members or um, profit or whatever it is. So whatever's mostly on your mind is usually the area that's going to create a lot of dissatisfaction and therefore that's the area that we're going to change first of all. So once we've understood that there's a bit of dissatisfaction we want to gauge it for each of you. So you might say, well, out of a, on a scale of zero, meaning no dissatisfaction, to ten, meaning a lot of dissatisfaction, where are you on that scale? And if one of you is eight or nine out of ten and the other one's two or three out of ten, it can be quite frustrating that you don't have that alignment as to why you're not both as frustrated as each other. And I certainly know for Kent and I that uh, you know when, when money issues would crop up, I would always be the eight or nine and he would always be the two or three because I guess learned change, he had understood that it would be fixed. And therefore there was no point getting all worried about things because they were short term and chances are within 24 hours 
it would all be going away anyway. And so we need to understand that as a couple, the dissatisfaction is going to be a strength of one of you and the vision is going to be a strength of one of you. Now that can cross over, so you might have one partner who's much better at vision and another partner who gets very, very frustrated or you could be the change agent within your relationship and certainly that was me. I was always the first to get dissatisfied, I was the first to develop a vision for what it was that I wanted to see happen and I was the first to take those steps to enable it to happen. And so over a period of time, it meant that in terms for uh, Kent to start to change, it had to be a lot more aggressive change, more forced change that happened um, if it was ever going to be that, um, that I wasn't gonna end up resentful. And I certainly want to address that because I see a lot of couples um, not being able to voice this in such a way um, that perhaps they need to be able to understand that it's, it's perfectly normal for somebody who's quick to change and take control of life or where they want to go to get frustrated if they have a partner that for whatever reason seems very, very chilled out and very, very relaxed around a situation. So first of all, I want you just to take a little tally of where are the areas in your life at the moment that you're most dissatisfied and I want you to discover one that is an eight or a nine out of 10. Do that now. Fantastic, so now you've come up with an area that's maybe eight or nine out of 10 and you'll probably notice that it'll be a different area. Okay, unless it's very, very obvious in the business that that is the challenge. And of course, if they're both the same, then how much easier is it going to be? Because once we're irritated, we understand that we've got two choices around change. We can have forced change or we can have adapted change. And they're very different curves. In fact, um, forced change is a very, very steep curve that ends up going all the way down and then back up again. And the process of force change can generally tend to start with anger. Um, I don't know if you've ever had uh, a challenge within a team of a business or a team has crumbled and uh, that person then just resigns and, and decides to leave or go work for the competition. Something like that, that if you can think of an example straight away, that the emotion underneath that would be anger. And really the downward spiral of that energy as it comes down can go through a bit of denial that, well, I couldn't have done anything to stop that. Um, it's not my fault. Um, it's the economy's fault. It's government's fault. It's um, the other team members' fault. After denial, usually then we move into an emotion that's a bit more like regret. I regret that this has happened. I regret that I didn't pick it up sooner. So you can see that all those emotions, when you're thinking about them, anger, denial, regret, which bottoms out in what we call resentment. Okay, so when you're thinking about change, how quickly you can put yourself through this process is really the essential thing. Because as I said before, we're all going to go through forced change and we certainly are going to have the choice to go through some adapted change. But with forced change, it definitely needs to take its course. And so after resentment, as we hit this bottom, we want to come back up and start to go through a period of acceptance. And once we start to accept that change is inevitable, then we need to look for the lesson. And I think that once we're at that stage, we, we're pretty much through um, the whole process because once you've understood the lessons of why 
that has happened and how we possibly might be able to avoid that, we can then take action steps towards the next uh, thing that we need to achieve. And so with forced change, I've worked with quite a few couples that don't understand the process and can be stuck in one of those four or five stages. And so if you find yourself that you're um, living with or working for um, uh, an energy that's a bit more anger-based or resentful, in denial, um, you know, I saw patterns when I had teams of, you know, 74 teams in a row within five years, um, where of course I would go through stages of denial that it was my leadership style uh, that wasn't able to hold teams because the company was growing at such a, a strong rate that it was very easy to be able to look sideways and say, well, all my good people are being poached, um, you know, certainly um, being highly female base, a lot of people were getting pregnant and, and leaving or finding the pressure too much. And so it was too easy to be able to be in denial um, than to be able to take ownership and say, well, in fact, to be able to hold a team means that I've got to create a bigger vision. And that's really where um, I think the adapted change, when you start to understand that there can be a process to change that doesn't have to be quite so volatile. Um, that then we start to grow as leaders. So we start to change our mindset around um, who it is that we need to become to lead the business around change. And you know, as we've mentioned, that vision then has to become more clear. So we can't just be fueled on dissatisfaction. We need to start to be fueled around our vision. And so when we're clear on what it is that we do want, we can lift the bar again and again to be able to almost polish that business to get to the next level. So um, when we're looking at this formula for uh, change, adapted change, it's more like a gentle curve that's going up with, and in fact, it starts with the emotion of excitement. Now imagine the difference, anger or excitement. I mean, if you're working uh, with a team member and they understand that the new quarter, we've got new information, new key performance indicators, new break-evens, new marketing strategies, and they are starting from a position of excitement, how much easier is it going to be to help to work with that person to get success, as opposed to someone who's angry that the, the bars changed, that there's different information now, that the environment has changed around them. And you want to be the person that's leading that, that's excited about change. You know, change is inevitable. We love change. Change grows us. Change is, you know, our friend. Things like that. And you want to be sprouting that as the message. Because once we've got excitement, there's always then a little dip that we go through, which is doubt. Because, you know, you can sell a vision to somebody else, but then isn't it normal as we go through adapted change to doubt that the process is going to work for us? So although we do take a little curve downwards, we absolutely, it isn't as big a crash as coming from anger denial, you know, through to resentment. We're literally just crossing over at that doubt path because then what we need to do is check in and understand is it certain that that is what the vision of what we're looking for is? Because if we can get that, we can then resolve ourselves to change. And once we really put our resolve behind something, that's the decision phase. So once the decision is made, the lessons can be learnt and the actions can be taken and we then have what's called adapted change. And so, you know, with each process of change, of course there's going to be those emotions there. And so when we understand that if it is just a process, 
for you to time yourself through that process then can become the game. Okay, so how fast are you to change? Now I've worked with some business leaders that are perhaps too quick to change. Okay, so we want to have a, a think about our year. Now, um, it seems to me quite obvious that you know we can break our year up into four quarters. And what we're looking for within uh, a business year is to start to see our business more as a boat which can tack four times within the year. But any more than four times and we're not actually utilising the winds to be able to get as far distance as what we possibly could. And so the key thing is, is that can you understand that 90 days is a good realistic time frame to be able to take yourself through the change process? Because there is going to be times where you are going to need to really dig in and resolve to that change that you, you wanted to get if you're really going to grow to the next level. So when we're supporting our sp spouse through this process, that can be um, you know, one of the most challenging phases is if the change is constant, so every quarter there's a large upward growth of change and we don't allow ourselves to plateau at any stage. And that's certainly where I recommend, um, for me I've always understood when are the best seasons for me to change. And usually it's when my energy is at the highest level. And so for me being more of a, a spring summery person, that's when my energy is the highest. I've always had more success in business in those months, in those summer months. And so understanding wealth dynamics means that, you know, for me, my energy is very much a summer person, more of a brander, more of a vision person, um, what's called a star profile. And it travels all the way down um, through those summer months, um, through that blaze energy, really grounding itself as more of a deal maker coming into autumn. And so for me, it's my question that I'm always asking around when I'm changing is who do I need to emulate? Who is it that I need to connect with? Who is going to be the next person that's going to be able to coach me through this change? Now for some of you, you're a lot more grounded in what it is that you're accomplishing. And so those people along the bottom as they're changing, it's very important that they do a lot of their change in those autumn months going into winter. Because you know that'll be the time when your energy will be at the strongest. And so the question then is when? When is the best time to change? When is my energy the highest to be able to maximize my performance? And so when you understand what question it is that you need to ask, then the change comes a lot easier. For those of you that um, are more your winter energies, and we call those people more the lords or the mechanics, um, accumulators, then really uh, the question then is how? How is the best way for me to change? Because once you can understand for the question for you um, to be able to maximize your change, then you can come up with a plan and a step-by-step -step plan will calm you, will make you more certain. For people that are then coming up into that springtime energy, you know, after the winter, um, more the creator energies, they're asking the question of what? What is it that I need to change next? And so we need to understand that as we're working as a couple, as we're working within teams, the process of change really comes around questions. And if we take that process right from um, that spring energy where we left off, which is what? What is the number one thing that is currently frustrating you the most that you would like to change? Who is it that's mastered that process? 
Who is it that you can think of if it's a competitor? Is it a friend? Who is it that has achieved that result? When did they achieve that result? Okay, was it a long time ago? Was it just recently? When did they actually achieve that result? What age were they? What were their circumstances? And how did they actually achieve it? Now, if you can um, get those questions answered in that order, you then have a step-by-step -step process or a blueprint, but it's no good without the why. And so for me, being in business has so much been around why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this incredible barrage of, of uh, conflict internal and external to be able to change and force my comfort zone to grow as quickly as possible? And so I think once again, it comes back to this connecting with the why. If you're really wanting to change and have you sat down and worked out for yourself very, very clearly why it is that you're doing this. And as soon as you can be aligned on that why, then I promise you that the how will figure itself out. And so that's really the key. The key is to understand that the cycles of change are going to be up and down. And for me, I certainly know that, um, I guess the most recent uh, um, example, because change is always coming into our life, is that we've just found out that we're having another baby. And so it, positive change can, is still change. And so although it starts with excitement, then of course that when that doubt kicks in, then you can have that frustrating um, feeling of, you know, how is this going to play out? How is this going to work out? How are we going to achieve this? Now, that's the first mistake in change, isn't it? Because we haven't started at the right place with our questioning. Okay, so it's always very, very important that um, certainly as a couple, when we had to sit down and, and take ourselves through this change formula of acceptance um, and adapted change was to really, when the doubts crop up, to go back to the important, which is why. Okay, why is it that this is exciting? Why were we planning in the first place to have a big family? Why is that important to us if we stretch our timelines and our goals further down the track? Why is now the perfect time? And find a lot, a lot of reasons to be able to understand that of course the doubt's going to crop up, but really then the next question you move into is that spring energy. Okay, what's great about this? What can we control? What is possible? What are our next steps? What la 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 la? Who do we know that has three small children, you know, under the age of, of three or four? Who do we know who have achieved everything they want to achieve with three people? You know, start to really concrete and set your mind on this um, on this change formula. And it was interesting on Sunday we met with some mentors of ours, and they said, you know, all the multimillionaires. Um, that we know have three or more children. And it was just a really great anchoring statement. Now, whether that's true or not was irrelevant. Isn't that a great anchoring statement to think, yeah, wow, we can get this done. You know, we absolutely can achieve all the things that we set out to achieve within business, also have balance within our family life and what it is that we want to achieve. And when the doubt crops up is to accept that the doubt's cropping up and to be able to work through this process to get the timing down. And you know, for us, it's really down to about a two hour process now where you know, we pretty much can work through whatever challenges we've got to work, work through and come up with an action plan, um, or at least it can be settled. You know, a feeling can be settled that tomorrow it's going to work itself out, it'll be fine. And really understand that this process is that, it's just a process.
And so I think that, you know, really when, when you're reviewing and going through all of this information is firstly to figure out are there any areas in your life where you really are feeling that um, you're blocking change? Is there something that, you know, for you that's creeping up within your mind at this moment that says, you know, that's an area that I really need to focus on? Because the important thing this week is that you want to apply the information as quickly as possible because if you can push yourself through a change cycle, then next week what we're going to be taking you through is an actual process in understanding um, you know, how these things work. So for me it's always been way more practical if I've got an example that, uh, that I can be working through. And so you know, what I encourage you to do is to have a look at one area of your life that you just decide that that's going to be the wow factor for this week that you're going to commit to change. Now as a couple, what if you could commit to the same thing or commit to each other to achieve that? It's going to push up a whole lot more lessons because you're going to learn a lot quicker. And so, you know, some couples do this very, very quickly. They have no challenges. They decide, right, we're going to clean out the entire house. We need to make space for new lessons that are going to be coming in. So, you know, it's been irritating me that the garage is, you know, all crammed full of, you know, junk or you know, old stuff or things are broken. We're going to change all the light bulbs. We're going to clean the house. We're going to go through the wardrobe and each throw out 20 items of clothing to make space for some new stuff in our life. We're going to um, file all of the um, papers in the, in the study. We're going to archive anything that's not needed there. Um, what is it that you could clean out um, in your life this week so that you can then make space? And that's when things start to speed up a lot more. And I certainly know, you know, in my experiences that when, when there's a lot of change in the air, then it's very, very important that there's momentum happening um, so that you're in motion. Because it's very difficult to, you know, um, steer a parked car. And so if you're putting the handbrake on change but you've got the foot on the accelerator, you know, that's going to be a very challenging place, one, for you to be in, but two, to support you in. And so, you know, this is where it's really important that we take those brakes off and we start to move you forward because, to be honest, as fast as you can get into the flow of change, then the current's going to take you back to the mainstream or the main flow of where you need to be anyway. And for a lot of people that I've coached, you sort of the feeling I get is that they're holding on to this bank of, um, you know, of slippery mud where they're afraid to go into the water because, you know, it might possibly take them downstream to where it is they want to go anyway. And so there's two things that can hold us back from change. And that's how I want to finish this session is just to understand and acknowledge these two um, possible things that could be holding us all back. And the first one is fear. Now, you know, fear, we've heard acronyms of fear, false expectations, appearing real, um, you know, it's false evidence, whatever it is that you've understood fear to be, to me it's very, very real um, when it is occurring to me because, you know, fear is there to question my movements, fear is there to question me and whether or not I, I can actually achieve what it is that I've set out to achieve and fear is really, you know, the voice in my head that knows me better than anybody else. To be able to identify what are the weakest links um, of achieving all of those goals and those dreams or that, or that change that I'm after. And so fear will definitely stop you from change. So, you know, what we recommend is that you identify something that is out of that comfort zone as far as you possibly can conceive to go and achieve that.
as quickly as possible. And as a couple, that's certainly something that Kent and I did was identify for each of us, you know, something that was a physical challenge that was going to challenge us. Um, skydiving was an obvious one for me. It made my palms sweaty. It made my heart race. As, as soon as I wrote it on a piece of paper, my tummy started to <laughs> drop and just the thought of committing to do that. Um, but certainly it was on Kent's 30th birthday that we thought, well, let's go and smash this fear together. And um, to be honest, it wasn't fearful at all for Kent that he found out that, you know, for him, those adrenaline-based things aren't fearful at all. Um, but public speaking, um, cold marketing, cold calling, telemarketing, things like that that don't even raise a sweat in me can really freak him out. So as a couple, you need to support each other through those fear-based activities. But what you learn is how you react and respond to fear. And that tool alone will help you so much to move forward through a change formula. So certainly for me, if um, had I been able to have my lesson over again, I would have booked to go the following Monday, as opposed to you know booking in September, something to do in November, and having to all that time to, to process it and to think about it and relive it and, and doubt what it was that I was planning to do and resolve to change. And you know, because really, right up until about three o'clock in the morning of the day of, I was petrified, absolutely frightened. But as soon as I was in the doing phase, everything calmed down and I knew it was just going to play out however it was going to play out. And you know, afterwards there was a huge adrenaline kick and absolutely loved the experience and the fact that it had been done and that I would never have to do it again. So there was never that feeling of, oh, let's go straight back up and do it again. It was like, nope, it's done. I've learnt my lesson, fantastic. So each of us are gonna have totally different experiences when we are testing ourselves. And so, you know, I understand now if I'm afraid, I need to move towards that fear and do that activity as quickly as possible because when I'm in the doing, the fear drops away. And I've found that, you know, courage and fear actually are the same emotion. And as soon as I've changed that tagging of those feelings to say, well, I feel fear, I actually don't feel fear. I'm understanding that I'm now going into a, a courageous energy that I'm just about to go and do something. And won't it be great when it's done? And so you need to understand where it is your fear is. If fear is in the now, fear is in the moment when you're doing things, why is it there? What voices are cropping up? What are you, you know, absolutely um, telling yourself about yourself when you're in that moment? So you need to really gauge what that activity is for you and put a date around it, but have a good think about what the date is. The second area is really who you know yourself to be. So when you're looking to change, it's very challenging if your identity and the environment you've placed yourself in, and we've spoken about this before, um, isn't conducive to that change. And so it's really, really important that, you know, certainly for each as an individual, but certainly as a couple, that you start to shift your identity as a couple. And, and what we found was that um, by mixing with new people, going out to networking functions and attracting some, some new like-minded friends, um, it meant that we could allow ourselves to shift a lot faster to the next level. Of course, we still have all of our um, original friends, all our friends from high school, all our friends from primary school, all our friends from traveling. 
However, the friends that we now make as we're changing and moving into these environments, we can tell in ourselves that we've shifted and we have changed because our identity around what we're achieving and what we're wanting to achieve has changed. And so it's very, very important that as you're going through this next block of the next four weeks, for example, that you really start to have a listen to how you're speaking to yourselves and how you're speaking to each other and how you're speaking to your team and shift your identity to the next level so that as um, you're wanting to change an area of your life you're absolutely encouraging each other so if it is um, a situation where it's health that you're going to look at changing then you know you good morning health freak <laughs> good morning health nut Congratulations, um, won't it be great after we've done this workout? Won't we feel fantastic? Haven't we got more energy? Lots of words that you're using at that next level to reinforce that the change is absolutely worth it. And so really getting those action steps clear, being very disciplined, having some rewards around change works as well. Um, what about punishments around change? That works as well. <laughs> so if you don't change, you pull something out of the punishment jar and you write each other punishments and put them in each other's punishment jars so that, you know, for me, the thought of having to um, do a task that um, Kent had put out in jest or in fun as a punishment task for me not achieving the change, there was just no option. I was absolutely going to do my work and, and get my change done because chances are he'd put in there that I'd have to wash the car or give him a massage or, you know, do something that for me, it was like, no way, I'm not doing that. I'd rather just go and, and do what I've set out to achieve. And so we each have different motivations for change. You need to tap into what works for you. Okay, that's the most important thing, is coming up with a formula that works for you, um, picking uh, one topic at a time, not too many topics at a time, and only tacking four times in a year. So not having too much hasty change, but picking some clear topics within business or within life that you commit to, and say, this quarter I'm going to clean up this area of my life. And then the following quarter I'll focus on this area. And that's how we start to gain some balance. And so I really encourage you to complete these exercises. I know for myself that, you know, as, uh, as life continues and, and keeps on moving forward, that this process has got so much easier for us. Um, it's a lot less emotional. When Kent's going through a lot of change, it doesn't impact on me at all anymore. Uh, when I'm going through change, it hardly impacts on him at all as much as I try for it to impact on him. So uh, I certainly know that the strength comes within the frequency. And so, you know, the more that you encourage each other to change, the easier the process becomes. So go for it, enjoy it, and uh, we'll check in again next week. Have a great week.